trying to spread it out as much as it can. It's just a bit of a, uh, yeah. You guys like are doing amazingly. I mean, yeah. between the two of you to have four at 30 is pretty, pretty damn amazing. Yes, definitely. Uh, definitely come a long way since I first um, had an initial meeting with Jason. It's it's pretty incredible because like I do like to keep little spreadsheets and stuff and it, I look back on it and go, oh, wow, like, oh, that's really good. So... You're listening to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard. Here's your host, Tabitha Bright. Hello and welcome to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard, where I get to speak to property investors from around Australia about their investing journey. My name's Tabitha Bright and I'm the head of coaching here at Positive Real Estate, where we help people build wealth through property. With over 8,000 clients across Australia and New Zealand, there are some incredible stories to tell, which hopefully make your investing journey that little bit easier and will inspire you along the way. So my guest today is Joel Karangis, and we discuss how he and his new fiance, Carla, acquired four properties by the time they were 30. How you buy well and never sell, unless, of course, it's strategic, and dealing with outrageous valuations with little buffer while settling a property. Yes, it has a happy ending, but it was certainly hair-raising for Joel and Carla. So enjoy this conversation with Joel. Hey, everybody. Tabitha here again. Uh, Now, I have with me uh, the fabulous Joel today being interviewed in the hot seat, um, my latest victim for the podcast, I call them. Um, So welcome to the podcast, Joel. Good to have you here. Hi, Tab. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, no, thank you so much. It's it's really appreciated. And it's, you know, it's um it's really interesting getting as much as it sounds like a cliche, it's actually not getting to talk to so many different people across all walks of life, across Australia, which is a Kiwi for me, I find absolutely fascinating. You Aussies are uh, an interesting, uh, interesting bunch to say the least. I'm sure you'd say the same about the Kiwis. <laughs> yeah. Did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Queensland? Uh, yeah, born in Brisbane, but uh, Gold Coast mainly. <laughs> Sunny Gold Coast. Don't, yeah. really, don't really stem too far from there. <laughs> Fantastic. I did read a thing once that um, most people die 10 kilometres from where they were born. And ever since I read that, I was like, nah, not going to do that. And I uh, shipped myself off to Australia. Uh, so it's probably the next best thing, right? If you're not going to die within your, <laughs> your city parameters, your city limits, uh, I guess you just go to Australia if you're a Kiwi. So I don't think I've done anything that exciting. Um, other than, of course, beautiful country, beautiful people. So um, first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're recently engaged. That's a bit exciting. Yeah, recently uh, recently engaged to my fiancée, Carla. Some of you Aww. may have met her. Um, but, yeah, already uh, jumped in, planned the wedding for next year. So That's straight. To, yeah, yeah, so it uh, f- feels like it's all happening. And, uh, Aww. Lovely. Yeah. How did you guys meet? Uh, just at a New Year's party about uh, just over four years ago. So. Yeah, it's time to get down on one knee and drop the question. And, oh, um, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> is Carla there? Yeah, she is. She's you just, can, like, I drag her in and say hi. Yeah. <laughs> Carla. You may not want to. Hi. Hey, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and our dog. 
I was keeping him quiet. <laughs> oh, lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Tab. Well, I've seen you lots on the webinars. We watch oh. them every week. <laughs> oh, no, it's lovely to see you both. It's um, <laughs> always, well, this is romance with positive real estate. Stuff <laughs> totally. What do you want to know? No, I'm kidding. I'm going to give this back to Joel and you can hear his story. <laughs> oh, lovely to meet you. Oh, it's very cute. Um, and so you've got the Labradoodle ch- Chino? Yeah, Chino. Chino oh. and Carla. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, it sounds like you're a ready-made family. And speaking of families, tell me about your family because you were born, like I was born in a family of four. Um, <laughs> you had how many siblings? Uh, there's 10 of us, yeah, all, all from the same mum. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty big, uh, pretty it's big massive. number. It's massive. I don't think yeah. there's many families today that would do 10. Like, I mean, you couldn't fit in one car. That's where my mind goes immediately. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely, a, like I said before, a scrap for the uh, last bit of pizza. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're all, uh, we all got things in common and we gel really well together. So that's, that's a plus, yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. We used it. My father used to be the worst with fish and chips. <laughs> fish and chips, I think that's maybe more a Kiwi thing, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's not with Aussies, but uh, rather than pizza. But uh, he used to be so quick with the fish and chips. We used to get very upset with him. Um, and so tell me a little bit about your property experience prior to PRE, because you're 30 years old today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> around that space. Uh, and you bought your first property when you were hot. How old? Uh, when I was 25. So um, I always. Five years uh, ago. Yeah. 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 Always wanted my own place. I think like everyone else and um, yeah. was pretty unsure at the time and didn't really want to overextend myself. So um, just locked in a one bedroom apartment on a place I really liked to live at the time, which was uh, Mermaid Beach. Oh, yeah, and um, yeah. Yeah. Still currently living here now. So um yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So so you have the PPR um, in Mermaid Beach in uh, Gold Coast? Yep. Yep. Mermaid Beach, Gold Coast. And um, and are you guys doing anything with that? You're going to do a bit of a reno on it or you have done a reno? Um, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty like up to scratch with um, uh, like, yeah, it doesn't really need any more renovations. Um, That's awesome. I don't think I'll really do too much. If anything, I probably will looking at look at uh, selling it just because I um, wow. Carla and her sister actually got into a deal down in uh, Palm Beach, Hemingway, um, and we've also locked in uh, a two bedroom uh, contract with uh, the Sierra Group in uh, Chevron Island. Oh, so um, we don't. Re- I don't really want to have too many eggs in one basket. And um, when I bought this place, I didn't really. Uh, have the right team around me and stuff and just, uh, yeah, probably right. just invest my capital into, you know, diversify my portfolio a bit like I've been doing. So I understand. Um, yeah. And so, and so sometimes uh, Jason will always say, you know, buy well, never sell unless you choose to sell strategically. Yeah. He <laughs> Which... de- Andy definitely got him on that one, didn't he? <laughs> so, so obviously you've got um, a number of other options in a similar vicinity so in our better quality options i would be assuming two bedrooms um 
And so that will allow you better capital growth in the long term. So you're going to shift the one that you've got now. And what will you do with that? Will you pay down some debt? Will you? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's just more of like a PPR upgrade in between. Um, oh, yeah. And obviously, uh, Carla was eligible for the first homeowner's grant. Um, so we sort of uh, took that on board with um, Hemingway with her. She yeah. wanted to reinvest uh, her gains, which she had made from selling her Canberra property. So, gotcha. Um, yeah, so just basically we're just outgrowing a one-bedroom apartment yeah, and sort of need course. to upgrade to continue yeah. to move on. So that's just where we're at with that, yeah. Gosh. And so between the two of you, because I'm losing count, how many properties will you have then? You'll sell Mermaid Beach, but you'll have... Um, if, we, if I sell uh, Mermaid Beach to upgrade to Chevron, there should be yeah. uh, four between us, yeah. Oh. So they'll be because um Canberra Black Diamond um I took that on uh that should be settling in about uh, October start of October yeah, shortly yeah so um yeah I've got that and then also jumped into the Brunswick West deal on um oh, yeah at, uh, the Lock? Grove uh, the Grove oh the Grove yeah by yep. Blue Earth yeah so yep. jumped into that so um yeah definitely spread trying to spread it out as much as I can it's just a bit of a uh, yeah you guys like are doing amazingly I mean yeah. between the two of you to have four at 30 is pretty pretty damn amazing yeah it's definitely uh definitely come a long way since I first um had an initial meeting with Jason. It's it's pretty incredible because like I do like to keep little spreadsheets and stuff, and it, I look back on it and go, oh wow, like no, that's really good. So yeah, well, um, Jason and one of our um, coaches who is really really adept at spreadsheets, I <laughs> think you'd love her. Uh, her name's um, Karen Chavez. Oh and- yeah. Yeah, well, her, yep. uh, Karen and Jason are at the moment. This is um, this is news. Uh, putting together like a super duper version of the property analyzer calcula- calculator. Yeah. And, yeah. Have you seen it? It's a. New I saw. One. I just uh, heard you. Uh, I think you guys mentioned it last night on the uh, webinar, saying that Jason was going to run through the new analyzer. Um, ah yes, yes, that's yeah, on Friday. So- yeah, yeah, so that would be really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've done an amazing job. Um, I said to Karen, I'll just send it to me before you send it to Jason um, for approval so I can have a quick squiz and make any changes before, you know, he goes nuts. And, um, and I looked at it and I must admit, my eyes, you know, we all have different um, zones of genius. Mine is not spreadsheets. <laughs> yep. I, mean, I looked at this, I was just like, Ugh, I'll let these two do this. <laughs> As long as yeah, I can yeah. use it and it gets me the, you know, pushes out the button at the end with the right number, I'm happy as Larry. But, yeah. no, I hate working that stuff out. So those two are absolute geniuses. Sounds like you could be in that space. <laughs> and and um, so your friends and family get pretty sick about talking about real estate, I believe. Yeah, I think I just I just basically reiterate everything that gets sort of taught to me from uh all the pod, all the podcasts I listen to from Sam and the wealth yeah. chats from Jason. I just, yeah, I really love absorbing all the information they offer. It's really, yeah, really good. And so, who's your favourite, Jason or Sam? Can I put you on? Oh, the spot? come on, can't. <laughs> I won't do that to you. It's all right. <laughs> I just couldn't resist. Like, um, 
yeah, no, that was mean. I won't do that to you. Uh, but it was still worth it. If you'd said something, I would have gone yeah. back to one of them. Yeah, yeah. Jason <laughs> would have called me up. <laughs> he Jason probably would have, you know. <laughs> you would have been safer probably saying yeah. Jason, but um, Sam would have taken it far more to heart, bless him. He's, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, and so there's been a couple of lessons along the way for you. One of those is no doesn't mean no. So tell me about that. Um, yeah, I guess uh, even just um, just running back a couple of years when I was first considering uh, yeah. taking on this Black Diamond deal, um, I had enough of the FIFO industry. Um, I'd been in it for six years and I really wanted to get back home. Um, I pulled the pin in the middle of COVID and people were basically saying, you know, like, this is the worst time to be like leaving your job. And uh, yeah, I come back home, landed into a full-time job, uh, yeah. found my feet. And uh, yeah, it wasn't before long I landed in the Black Diamond deal and um, decided like I can make this work. But at the time, I guess um, it is, uh, it was a little bit confronting like to have uh, your broker at the time saying like, you know, like sending you emails saying like, unfortunately, like this is not really feasible, but um, I guess the good, uh, the pro with off the plan is it gives you time and things change over time. And um, as scary as it was back then, like I just knew that um, I could make it work. And um, yeah, initially I was, I was, I started up a little side business and was running around mowing six lawns a day after I'd finished a 10 hour shift at work. And oh my gosh. Um, I, got, I ended up speaking to Jason and Megan and I was like, I'm, too, I, I'm just getting too busy. I need to like slow everything down and just, you know, find my roots again. And yeah, you know, just worked on getting a pay rise at work and, you know, the market shifted and, and now um, everything seems to be, uh, fine so basically pre-approved conditional to uh, uh valuation so it's basically you know should should mm. all be good but yeah there's always a few little sneaky speed bumps in the way i guess there are there are i mean it keeps life interesting doesn't it if it was all yeah. easy all the time we'd get pretty bored pretty fast but um yeah. sometimes we we don't feel like the bumps in the moment often <laughs> um because the the property that you're coming up to settle shortly um, is a pretty amazing one in Canberra. And um, Canberra, there's a massive undersupply of rental at the moment. So we've seen rents pushing pretty hard through the roof. Plus, um, this apartment was extremely well priced when it went to market. So I think um, you've also had the ability to create some capital growth during your off the plan, I understand. So um, I think it was, when were we talking and Sam had mentioned, was it in the Facebook group, I think, that he mentioned the 100 grand and... Um, yeah, and yeah. I think he, I think he's, yeah, pretty well, like, on the money, like, to, to be uh, uh, safe with it. But, uh, yeah, mm. there was vac vacancy rates as low as 0%. And um, wow. I, think, I think they're only sitting at 0.4% now. Like, there's literally, like, seven properties on realestate.com like under you know $575 like it's nuts, ridiculous. the rents are just ridiculous yeah or oh, just in Greenway where uh Black Diamonds actually look yeah. yeah so it's like um yeah there's literally no stock critical supply so oh, 
Yeah, that's crazy. And, and I mean, you do feel for people, um, but obviously I'm not sure what the answer is in that space. Sam will have some, some ideas, I'm sure. He always likes to um, wax lyrical on his podcasts. And then, and then when, of course, it comes to timing in the market, um, some very wise advice I think you've had from your brother <laughs> um, about, you know, not trying to just time something and sell it too quickly. Um, and I think this is very sage advice. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so he, he always said uh, there's timing in the market and then there's time in the market. And um, yeah. obviously something I think uh, – Pray as a group uh, mentioned all the time is, um, yeah, you know, a lot of people sell at that six, seven year mark when things, you know, shift they and they don't like the way it looks or whatever the property is doing for yeah. them at the time. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, the biggest key is just um, be patient and, yeah, um, get that grit and get, you know, keep, keep, keep the wheels moving and eventually they'll, they'll probably roll in your favor, like, you know. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's like I had, um, and some people will be so sick of hearing these stories about my Bateman's Bay properties, but. Um, oh, no. I, <laughs> I just roll them out again and again, but they're useful because they illustrate a purpose, right? And uh, have you heard me talk about them? I haven't. I think my my oh, brother good. mentioned my brother mentioned it and I was like, it was like an eye cringe moment. Yeah. So I think. Yeah, that's, it's, if, it if, wasn't great. It wasn't great yeah. at all. Um, <laughs> but um, the Bateman's Bay ones, um, I bought them when the market was super heated. So you couldn't afford to buy. This is well, pre, well before the GFC. This is God knows how many years ago now, probably 20 years ago. And the, the interest rates were up around 8 9%, particularly for me as a low-doc borrower. I was investing full-time, so I wasn't... Um, I wasn't actually earning an income. So I was what was called a low doc borrower. And, um, and I'd write down on a bit of paper, you know, what my income was projected to be. It wasn't what it was, what it was projected to be for the year. And then we'd get lending based on that. And so I ended up in often regional towns doing deals where I could get big discounts and I could recycle money and get equity out and get them revalued and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but the problem with buying in a discount market is the market is depressed, right? You don't get a discount in a hot, or no. you very seldom get a discount in a yeah. hot market. So then I had to wait for the market to, to recover. And because it was regional, um, it, you know, it took a long time. And so where a capital city might see, you know, up to 10 years, maybe 12 years, max really for a market to do its cycle, you know, Bateman's Bay was... I don't know, a good 15 years before it did anything. And I can tell you, it sat there for the first seven years. It, I think it probably went backwards. <laughs> and I'd, I'd made some equity. So I had buffers there. I'd made a profit, but then it just sort of ate away at it for a bit, holding it, holding the bloody thing. And then um, and then, from, then it probably went up like a 100 grand or something. And then sat there again until 12 years. And then it started eking up slowly. Then the fires came through. So do you remember the fires oh, in Bateman's yeah. Bay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had those fires. I had two townhouses oh, right no. next to each other. The fires got within 100 metres of those townhouses. I had my poor um, uh, 
uh, tenants out on the beach. Like it was horrendous. And there was, it, I said to Finn, geez, I hope we're freaking insured because you know what it's like when you teach something and then you're the worst person to actually take your own advice. And I think, oh, he, yeah. Like Vin's great at doing all of that stuff. He's the, he's the backstop and the safety net. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I wrote, you know, I'd, I'd, you know, sent the, sent the bill in or something. Uh, and it turned, we were insured. It was fine. Probably underinsured. But I remember thinking, well, if it goes down, I'm going to learn a lesson. Didn't go down. was totally fine. And then after that, probably bang on the sort of 13-year mark, they just went completely off. Doubled, doubled plus in value like that in two years. But I have seen that pattern again and again and again and again. Not always 15 years or 13 years, often only seven years or eight years or 10 years, but where it does nothing and then it goes nuts. And you're absolutely right when you say time in the market because so many people and RP data actually have stats and diagrams on it. So many people sell around that six to eight years because they get fed up with a property that has done nothing. They sell it, they incur all the costs and taxes, and then they take that money and they either put it in the share market or they go and um, they go and buy another property and go through stamp duty and freaking that whole seven-year cycle yeah. all over again. Um, and I think that's that's what I would love if I could teach people one thing, which is why I'm honing on this, is just hold exactly what Jason says: buy well, never sell unless it's strategically. Yeah. Um, and. I guarantee you in 15 years, honestly, you know, you guys will be a mi miles from where you are today. Um, if you're starting with four, uh, do you have a goal? Do you have a, an end goal? doesn't have to be monetary. Do you have a... I think just um, just to live comfortably and like to, yeah. I guess, to throw a number at that would be like 150K a year, like just yeah. each per person and then... Yeah. Um, you know, have obviously a pretty healthy super fund as well. And, you know, yeah. I think that would be a good start. But, yeah, Perfect. I should really hone down on my goals. and uh, <laughs> Make sure I'll, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to your coach, Mr. Yeah. Jason. <laughs> That's all right. I'm not going to. <laughs> well, I could. I might make him watch this. <laughs> um, and Brunswick West, tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. Um, so I guess after I bought my PPR uh, time, a few years went past, I was pretty comfortable with um, where I was at, paying off the debt. Um, was pretty uneducated, I guess, about uh, investing in property. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just started uh, thinking, oh, maybe I could Airbnb out my place and, um, you know, FIFO yep. fly and fly out and um i ended up just jumping into a webinar with jason and um yeah it was literally two months later um jumped into the brunswick west deal in uh, melbourne and yep. uh at the time like mm -hmm. uh to throw money at it like uh to throw a figure at it like I, when i first originally saw jason like i had like twenty four thousand dollars and the tiniest bit of equity in um my offset account like 
which was attached to my PPR at the time. Yeah. And like, I just didn't know that I was even close to being ready. And within two months time, like Jason's like, yeah, we got this discount deal. Um, her and Haley um, basically walked me through this deal. And uh, yeah. yeah, so basically how it worked was uh, I put down 5%. So I put down $25,000 and then the developer matched that. And then they also gave me a rebate as well. So it was just, was just perfect for my scenario I guess to get me into the market and get some money working for me and yeah, um, yeah. obviously Melbourne's taken a bit of a, uh, a beating the last couple of years but I got yeah it's um, oh, yeah, I, I pretty, pretty awesome. happy yeah 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 I've got look I've got Melbourne client support in there like um, it was certainly no challenges with people. And I always like it when a local is interested because they can go see, touch, feel. And, um, and you know, it's just because there is a discount and it doesn't mean that it's, um, you know, something that's tarnished in some way. It was an absolutely cracker deal and it's rebounded so fast and will continue to do so because what you're seeing at Mel in Melbourne at the moment is this massive gap. Have you heard Sam talk about the gap between um, apartments and houses at the moment? So yeah. houses have shot through the roof, obviously with the demand from COVID, that's nationwide, it's a given. Um, and then as we're seeing people begin to return back to the workforce, come back into the city, be asked to come into offices once again, you know, at least part-time, um, then suddenly living, you know, miles away or having a massive house is becoming less and less of a requirement again. And then as rents start to get more, um, more uh, expensive, then people look at alternative types of accommodation. And so we're expecting to see apartments in the next sort of 12 to 24 months really get their skates on once the uncertainty with this um, interest rate stuff settles down a little bit. Um, they usually overshoot and then correct. So we're expecting to see apartments really kick off, um, which will be amazing. Um, did you get a two better or one better? Just one bedroom. One yeah. better. Yep. Yeah, but it's actually a, it was a one bedroom um, study, and then they convert. They actually had a deal within the contract to convert oh, yes. the study with the frosted glass. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that adds value to uh, to the person, even the person just you know who's going to be renting there. Like they obviously, it's obviously functional for them. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, right? You live in a one-bedroom apartment at the moment. That yeah. was a choice that you, <laughs> choice yeah. <that> you made. <laughs> My daughter's the same. She's got a fantastic one-bedroom apartment in um, St Kilda, and um, and she loves it. And like your place in Brunswick, it has um, a study, like a proper dedicated study area, and it's got a large balcony, which gives it livability um, and fantastic light. So you just need a couple of things in your favour and, um, and people will always choose the, the better design, um, regardless of, you know, where they're starting out from, whether it's one better, two better, and so forth. I've got a one better in my super <laughs> in, in oh, Brunswick. Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'd been slack putting, um, putting much cash into our super for many years. Um, back in the day when you couldn't buy property, you know, what did you do? I just thought of it was wasted money. And then all of a sudden you could buy property in it. So we started hoofing. <laughs> yeah. It's actually amazing. Like um, yeah. 
the power of leverage, I guess, with real estate. It's yeah. like nothing else can do that. Like where can you awesome. use yeah. like a hundred grand and borrow another six hundred and use yeah. that as leverage? It's incredible. <laughs> no, yeah. it's pretty good. It's um yeah, and then everything that is great about super. I mean, I'm not licensed to talk about it. We won't talk about it too much today. I can certainly tell you, tell you that I've got a one better in my super that um has been an absolute cracker. Um Alrighty, and so um, I've got a wee note here that what was your biggest experience or your biggest learning? And you've got a note here that you you came out of a stressful situation when you had trouble with evaluation um, with Jason helping you alongside that. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so when it uh, when it come time to uh, to settle on the Brunswick West property. Uh, yeah. I didn't have a lot of uh, capital at the time and sort of needed the uh, the valuation to come in on the money or, you know, fluctuate roughly, you know, the 5% either way sort of thing. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it ended up coming in uh, about 120K less on the, uh, the first valuation. Um, this is the, this, yeah, 120K. So the purchase price was... Uh, 500 um and it come in at 380 and this is the night before i was going back to work so i was like oh no um yeah and then uh yes so we got obviously had uh, multiple valuations getting done the second one come in at 390 and i was like oh um the third one come in at 480k but an 80 percent lbr so still like i, I would have had to come up with like 100k yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I just remember when Jason used to do like his, uh, real life webinars and stuff. Like I went to the Glades golf course and, um, he's just like, you're right, mate. Just patting me on the back. He's like, don't Aww. worry. We'll, 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 we'll beat around the, uh, developers a bit. And, you know, and then, yeah, just, you know, I felt a lot better just after that conversation that night. And then just the next time just come in 500 K like on the money, like, um, so <laughs> It's so bizarre, isn't it? And I think this is what really frustrates the internal team, right? Because you have four valuers. We don't get to choose them. The developer doesn't get to choose them. All of that stuff from the good old days of, you know, you, you pick your valuer to get a valuation through, that's all gone. Like it's all Valex now. It's like it's a it's like pulling a pinwheel, you know, pulling the pokies and the 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 drums roll and whoever your valuer is. And so to have valuers that are saying 380 and some that are saying 500, how do they get it so bloody wrong? Oh, like, no. Yeah. This, yeah. I mean, this is a developer that has worked with um, developing for a lifetime. He's a career developer that has multiple projects going on. And those de developers, they know, they know how to value and how to price their units to work with the valuers, to make sure that people can get lending, to make sure they make profit, because that's important, and to make sure everyone wins. And, and I know that um, this particular developer is very keen for um, both parties to win because then he gets a loyal following of people that want to buy his property, right? And yeah. so then you have a valuer that comes up with 120K. And like, if you were to do the maths, right, 
So you bought it for four nine. It was four ninety nine, wasn't it? Five hundred, four ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. and then minus the discount, like so, it was realistically it was a no money down deal. So it was four fifty, but purchase price was still four nine nine. Yeah. Okay, so the purchase yeah. price was four nine nine, and then we go well. Um, let how can you remember how many square meters it was? Uh, I think it was still just around the sixty. Like just so you stand. Yeah, matter, 60, you can get two bedders for 60. Yeah. <laughs> In Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Smaller. You can get two bedders for 58 square meters, 55 yep. even. Like it's nuts, right? So you've got a one bedroom apartment for 60 square meters, and that's internal, is it not external? Oh, uh, that's prop that's both. I'm pretty sure it's both, yeah. Wonder what it one, let's say 55, right? So let's say um, four nine nine divided by fifty five is around nine thousand a square meter is what you were paying on paper, right? And so nine thousand a square meter is still a relatively um, cost effective price per square meter to buy an apartment. Yeah, if you were to buy an area, you'd be looking at thirteen fifteen. I don't know, depending on which one you bought, right? Per square meter, so. So then if you go, well, okay, at 380 that the valuer reckons it's at, divided by 55 square metres, you're looking at 6,000 a square metre. Yeah. Like no one prices oh, property I'm... at that, that. Like how do you – this is – I get a bugbear in my – yeah, whatever it is with valuers when they do this stuff. It's, it's really frustrating because you think if you'd put down your deposit and – positive real estate couldn't assist you in getting your finance or getting you out of it. Like and your average Joe on the street will lose a deposit on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Mm, because someone's having a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Noise yeah. me. Anyway, that's my, as <laughs> my rant, it's my turn to do Jason's coffee rant today. Yeah. Um, so congratulations on some awesome purchases for both of you, four properties behind you at 30 um, is pretty damn special. So congratulations, amazing work. Um, and so last tips, if you could give Joel, young Joel advice, you were walking down the street and you bumped into 18, 20 year old Joel, what would you say? Uh, I'd just say, uh, just uh, get yourself a good team and um, surround, surround yourself with um, like-minded people. Um, they'll push you in the right direction instead of dragging you down. And, um, yeah, just get yourself a good team and they, they'll, you know, they'll help you out. Awesome. Wise words, sage words. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for today, Joel. Thank you for sharing and listening to me ranting on like a lunatic. Um, much, much appreciated. I must have picked it up from Jason over the last 15 years or whatever else we've been hanging out. Um, well, much appreciated, my friend. And we'll see you around the traps. Hope to see you in person soon in Queensland. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Tab. See you, darling. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Property Investor Tales. Remember to subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode drops. 
As you can guess, I love hearing people's property investor tales. So if you'd like to share yours, then please get in touch with me via email at propertyinvestortales at positivementor.com.au. We would also love your feedback and I would appreciate a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Remember, you can watch all of these podcasts over on YouTube at Positive Mentor or at positivementor.com.au. Until then, take care, happy investing and 